Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Frogs of War podcast. This is night four of our Frogs of War best moments bracket. We've had a lot of fun going through the first three regions of uh, some of the most memorable moments in TCU athletics history here over the last three nights. And tonight we bring you the final region, uh, the Peebly region, named after TCU women's basketball coach Reagan Peebly. Uh, I am Liz Treeblosser, joined once again by Anthony North um, as we get ready to go over um, probably the most modern bracket of any of, or most modern region of any of the three previous. So uh, this one should be a lot of fun and bring back a lot of good recent memories. Uh, Anthony, excited to dive in one last time? Oh yeah, absolutely excited for it. Um, I think, yeah, with, with all these being mostly uh, really recent, uh, I think every all of these are going to be fresh on everyone's mind and uh, people are going to have probably strong opinions and um, I think we're, we'll get a lot of uh, good participation in the votes on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's let's start right now with the one seed, and uh, we've been starting with the with the top of the bracket every time because I made a mistake the first time around and decided to be consistently wrong. Um, but we're going to start with the one seed, um, arguably the biggest moment for TCU athletics as a whole in their uh, long illustrious history, and that is. Um, uh, the Big 12 Conference, quote-unquote, welcoming home the Horned Frogs uh, to the Big 12, back reuniting them with a lot of their uh, uh, traditional rivals and a lot of the Texas schools. Um, and in that enduring image of Crystal Conte throwing up the Horned Frogs and just sheer delight, um, having having uh, brought TCU into the big time and gotten them a seat at the big table. Uh, that goes up against the Boise State missed field goal in 2011. Um, that's the same game that we talked about earlier, the two-point conversion um, uh, game where uh, the Frogs, Casey Paul Hall, drove down to Josh Boyce uh, and scored two-point conversion, and Boise had a chance to win it and missed a field goal. So um, two, two big moments. Um, I think this one's probably a runaway winner um do you have anything to add on to either of those anthony <sighs> yeah i mean th- we we talked a lot already about the that 2011 game go back and watch it it's a great one paul hall's amazing um and just to uh my my little anecdote on that is i actually after this play happened i was having a little uh get together watching this game and um the downstairs neighbors were, were none too happy with the celebration <laughs> that ensued, and uh, we had we had a nice visit from uh, Fort Worth Police Department that evening. Nice. Um, good, good. <laughs> just just from noise. So uh, yeah, that that's that's uh, that's a great one in my mind. I think the actual two point conversion play is is a better play from that game, and uh, this one uh, being the 16 seed is. Yeah, I mean, joining the Big 12 is, uh, we've talked a lot, or at least I've said the word culmination a lot, or crowning achievement, and I think for TCU Athletics to wander that wilderness uh, for years uh, post-Southwest Conference to um, have so much success to, to be brought back into into the Big 12 um, is, is the um, period at the end of the sentence. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, it was kind of the moment that we'd all been waiting for the opportunity to be back a part of uh, the Power Five and and really paved the way for so many great moments and not just for TCU football, obviously, but but um, a bunch of different sports who've had opportunities. Um, sport new sports that have been created like beach volleyball, uh, sports that have had extra financial support like rifle and equestrian, um, women's soccer, schools like. Uh, 
programs like that, that, that having Power Five money has, has legitimately changed the fortunes of. And so um, that's a that's a tough contender at number one and, and the likely winner to come out of that moment. But um, it's going to have some tough challengers because while that's one of the great moments for TCU program history, uh, there's a lot of emotion in this bracket with specific plays that, that a lot of us remember fondly. And we're going to jump into to two of my all-time favorite moments, um, both of which uh, I got to be uh, experienced in person. And so um, I'm going to give you the two seed here. Uh, which is from the uh, the the lovely Alamo Bowl, one of our our favorite uh, games to talk about. And then I'm going to jump in with with I think one of the strongest underdog contenders of the bracket, um, a, a 15 seed from the Shriner Classic back in 2017. So why don't you talk us through that uh, that wonderful Bram Kohlhausen touchdown run against Oregon? Oh yes, so so glorious uh, the uh, moment for Bram. Um, obviously, this game. Uh, the, the triple overtime, big comeback. Uh, we talked about the final defensive play that actually ended the game. Um, but, but this touchdown run and the, um, I guess, James Harden, the mixing bowl celebration, chef cooking, um, he was just kind of on one at the moment and, uh, and, and really <laughs> took advantage of his, his moment on the big stage and uh, just a classic moment of, of victory uh, for the Frogs. Yeah, one of the great celebrations that we remember. We talked about those iconic photos of Josh Jackson and Aaron Green. Uh, that, that photo of uh, Chef Bram mixing it up is definitely uh, in that in that category as well. Um, that comes up against Ryan Merrill walking off uh, Texas A&M in 2017. Uh, when you talk TCU baseball, you know I think that Texas Tech is probably the first rival that comes to mind. But when you talk about meaningful games, we've played as many meaningful games with the Aggies on the baseball diamond as, as any other team in the sport. And uh, that that game um, was at the Shriners Classic. Uh, Jamie and I were both actually down there covering it. I had been really really sick had ruptured an eardrum um the sunday before that and then had been hosting a conference at school and so had had kind of drugged myself through the work week um despite the fact that i I had no idea what was going on at any given time and that uh that saturday morning i woke up and i felt a little bit better and i'd been planning to cover cover that tournament shriners classic is an unbelievable event if you love college baseball and had been talking to jamie was like man i really don't think i should do this i don't i don't you know i've been so sick blah 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 decided, you know what, I'm just going to do it anyways. Got in the car, drove down there just in time for first first pitch of this game. Um, the game just kept going and going and going. Just an absolute instant classic. Um, the Frogs fell behind really, really early. They they got down um, as, uh, I'm trying to remember who the who the starter was for TCU, and I can't, oh, it was, it was Nick Ladola, yeah. So he, he came in early, gave up a three-run bomb to Walker Pennington, um, which just was not, was not strong. Jake Eisler came in um, out of the pen and, and kind of settled things down. It was all hands on deck for the Frogs as, as they managed to, to tie things up and, and force extra innings. And then it was just uh, uh, Sean Weimer just throwing stones and uh, Ryan Merrill coming up with a huge, huge moment at the bottom of the 15th. When that game ended, I think it was around – 2.30 in the morning or 3 a.m. Well, Jamie was trying so hard to stay for, for the end of it. But, you know, Monami, you guys know he's a, he's a minister. He's a youth minister. And so he had to work the next morning. So that man left Houston, I want to say, at like 1.30 or 2 a.m., drove through the night and went to work the next mm-hmm. morning. And, and him, him and I were on the phone, you know, kind of I was walking him through the play-by-play from the press box. And 
I went and found a hotel at like 3.30 a.m. and checked in, got like three hours of sleep, and then had to be back to the ballpark the next morning for the end of that series. So um, it was just an all-time classic game, a heck of a comeback by TCU. And then uh, Ryan Merrill, the, the shortstop, had a walk-off double in the 15th, bottom of the 15th inning to, to give the Frogs the victory. Um, part of a couple of memorable moments that, that he had, he had a, he had a big uh uh, week in Omaha as well that year so uh, just a really really fun game against a great rival um, that just had a little bit of everything for baseball fans and and so one of like I said one of my favorite moments um, it's just that's always fun up. to oh. yeah it's just always fun to be the thorn in the the Aggie side there and and oh, even if this isn't uh, super regional or, or Omaha or anything like that uh, just kind of getting that getting that moment over the Aggies is great uh, always, always a great thing. And man, and it was a very, very pro Aggie crowd. Uh, it, it was, there are a lot of people hung around a lot more than you would think till, you know, two thirty in the morning or whatever. And, and the, the atmosphere was just unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So, um, our three seed is, is two, two moments from the 2014 season, that magical 2014 season. Um, one of the moment that, that kind of, uh, started the incredible run for the frogs and the moment that, uh, that that helped them get back on track after a devastating loss that we won't talk about. Uh, the three seed is the Paul Dawson pick six against Oklahoma. The 14 seed, um, which Mason, if you guys ever interact with Mason, fought tooth and nail to make sure this one got in here. He'll, he'll tell you it's one of his all-time favorite moments. And that was the uh, Jaden Obercrom game-winning field goal against West Virginia. Uh, up in Morgantown and, and the just terrible, terrible conditions up there. Uh, which one, Anthony, do you want to take here? Yeah, I'm going to hit the underdog here. Um, I think this is a, a live dog in, in this, this fight. Um, so the, the Jaden Obercrom game-winning field goal in West Virginia 2014. Um, obviously, this is – I think uh, game day was in Morgantown for this one. This was coming off of yeah. the, uh, the Texas Tech no more fireworks game for, for the Frogs. And uh, West Virginia was also ranked in the top 25 at the time. And – um, so obviously a big, big game, uh, for this season and coming off of that, um, offensive explosion here in this game, TCU was pretty flat, um, and, uh, really clawing back, uh, the entire game. And there, uh, there are several moments from this game. There's probably just a, a ser- you could just hit the whole, um, ending of the game the last few drives from both teams are the moment from this game um there's another uh great paul dawson play um in this one and um and actually leading up to this this field goal what what i remember most about this game is the bj catalan um kind of career ending play uh where and it just kind of just the courage to to take the hit that that comes there and it's basically TCU's more or less running out the clock um to to kick this this game-winning field goal um and rather than just taking a knee or or something like that um BJ Catalan is given the ball and he just gets walloped and appears to just be knocked out cold and somehow does not fumble um and I think that that's probably the last time we saw him on the field, and it's it's. I think it needs to be remembered as a, a heroic moment. Um, you know, despite his injury there, that he was able to to hold on to that ball um, and and allow this play to even take place. 
Um, but obviously, Oberchrome is is probably going to be remembered as as the greatest uh, of all time of our kickers and just the the number of moments where he came through in the clutch and and saved the day uh, for the frogs and and this was another one here in the the 2014 season yeah it, it was a great moment um a, a really really entertaining game and, and just the terrible conditions and um set up though we, we would never we never would have had um those moments would have mattered as much if the frogs didn't come in and and knock off what was then a, a top five Oklahoma team uh, earlier in the season. It was um, the fourth game of the year. It's the first Big 12 game of the season. And uh, TCU had built a lot of positive momentum with their, their impressive victory over Minnesota and come back to walloped SMU. And then big, bad Oklahoma comes to town, um, ranked number four in the country, 4-0, just like and the Frogs were 3-0 at that time. And um, the loudest I've ever heard, Amen G. Carter Stadium, at least since the remodel, uh, was the moment that Paul Dawson came down with the ball um, out of Trevor Knight's hands. But uh, this whole game was just an edge of your seat thriller the entire time. Tied at 14 after one, tied at 10, uh, tied at 24 after two. Both teams uh, uh, traded touchdowns in the third quarter, and then it comes down to the sixth quarter, Oklahoma or the fourth quarter. Uh, Oklahoma gets a safety. Uh, TCU is is driving, which is a couple minutes left in the game. Or, uh, sorry, uh, Trevor Knight is driving with just a couple minutes left in the game. They're looking to seal this thing with a two-point lead. And Trevor Knight drops it back to throw, gets some pressure, uh, throws it up. And Paul Dawson, the former high school wide receiver, uh, just leaps up, corrals the ball, and then just absolutely beats everybody on the field uh, for a 41-yard uh, uh, touchdown, takes it to the house. And what a lot of people forget about that is that, that after Dawson scores, I mean, it's just elation. Like, the stadium's going nuts. That's the loudest I've ever heard it. Um, the, the sidelines go nuts. Um, TCU didn't convert the uh, the extra point. I think it was it was blocked or tipped, and Oklahoma actually had a chance to run it back. Or that's that's how they scored. It wasn't a safety. They scored on the two point, uh, the run back off of the, the missed extra point, and um, then Oklahoma got the ball back one more time. Had a chance to uh, to drive for for the game winning score, and TCU got a stop on on fourth down to to ensure the victory. Um, yeah, Samaj P. Ryan, I think. Uh... Yep, Stuffed yep, in. it was Samaj P. Ryan. You're right, it was fourth and one. I think it was fourth and one, and, and they did. They busted through that line and, and, and knocked him down, and uh, it, was, it, it was just one of the most fun games. Um, kind of a we, – we, we learned that TCU was really talented against Minnesota and that they could score and the defense was going to be elite, but we learned that they could play with anybody in the country um, when they knocked off Oklahoma. Uh, and, and just the way that they did it, even though it was a close game, it was, it was obvious that, that the Frogs had the horses to make a run and – um, they did. It was a great, it's a great year. Um, and we, uh, all right. just, so, so we just need to, uh, make sure to thank Katie Perry, uh, for earlier that yes. day in, uh, college yep. game day where, uh, I guess, I think in, uh, at Ole Miss made her love of, uh, Trevor Knight known and probably got into his head. He, he wasn't, he wasn't playing very well in that game and never really played well maybe since this game. I think, uh, Paul Dawson kind of took his soul and um that was that was that um he certainly didn't play that great against uh tcu and in in future game as well so yeah uh thanks katie for that one yeah eventually ended up uh transferring and uh uh, the last bad quarterback oklahoma had for a while unfortunately (sighs) for us um all right our 413 matchup um is is one of those um massive moments versus one of those just ridiculously athletic plays uh, we've got TCU walking off Texas A&M in 2015 and the Super Regional to go to Omaha and Fort Worth. Um, and then we have Jalen Rager's um, just ridiculous 
Hail Mary at the end of the first half to save the Frogs from what would have been a really embarrassing loss, um, taking all the momentum and putting it on TCU's side uh, as time expired in the half. Which one of those do you want to elaborate on, Anthony? Yeah, I'll again take the uh, the underdog here, the 13 seed, Jalen Rager, uh, Hail Mary catch against SMU. Um, I guess final play of the half in that game, and this um, kind of similar to not not to the level, but similar to the uh, Josh Doxson play, where it's it's kind of the introduction to oh this guy this guy is all the hype. Um, I think Rager, uh, different than than Doxson, had come in with a lot of. Um, Cachet, a high high recruit uh, for the frogs, and um, to he in this game um, kind of just rose above everyone else. He was surrounded probably five or six defenders, and um, somehow at least thirty. There were thirty <laughs> defenders. I it, it, it was the entire uh, yeah the entire uh, student body of SMU was there around him, and uh, he he rose above them and came down with the ball. Uh, for that touchdown and and a great introduction to to Jalen Rager there, for sure. Um, that goes up against against the the favorite in this this one, and I think this this one's probably got a chance to uh, to make a run here. Um, Garrett Crane uh, scoring the game winning run against Texas A and M in a game that took five hours and fifty five minutes. Um, scored from second on an as, as Evan Skog hit a chopper to third baseman for A and M. Uh, the ball got just barely behind him and. Um, we know from many comments of our, from our friends on Twitter that uh, Bill Moziello does not have an aggressive bone in his body when it comes to sending runners home and had both hands up and the stop sign as Garrett Crane comes screaming down towards the third base bag. And he did not. He saw it. He admitted he saw it. He chose to ignore it, rounded the corner, went screaming for home plate and slid in safely um, as he forced the third baseman to make a play. And in that moment, with that kind of pressure, when it was one one o'clock in the morning, he couldn't make the throw, and it bounced short of the plate. Crane goes in, scores, uh, sets off uh, one of the great celebrations as TC is bound for Omaha. We get a frog pile, uh, fans going nuts. It's one of those games where, um, you know, I, I was there. I sat in the ivy for literally hours. I wondered why my butt hurt so bad, and I realized I'd been sitting on an old baseball for a long time. Like it was just just one of those nights, and. Uh, Never didn't want to leave the field. Like we just kind of lingered around for an hour after the ball game, just because you just didn't want to walk away after experiencing something just so incredible and magical. And um, watching watching the team that you love uh, earn the chance to to play for a natty, it was a it's a really good moment, and it, and it's a really strong seed at at number four, I think for sure. So um, number five, twelve again, always have a twelve seed that looks dangerous. This is another one, another Alamo Bowl moment, but a different year. Uh, we've got the five seed, which is Jet Anderson, just absolutely breaking the ankles of a couple of UT defenders. And then Kenny Hill with his uh, scoring three different ways against Stanford in the Alamo City. Another Alamo comeback for the Horn Frogs. Uh, you have a favorite here, Anthony? Oh, Anthony, did I lose you? There you are. Yep, you lost me for a second. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, do you have, do you have a favorite you want to talk about between the uh, the Jed Anderson or the Kenny Hill? Oh well, I'll, I'll definitely leave the uh, the Stanford uh, game for for you to speak to. So, yeah, I mean the uh, <laughs> the Darius Anderson play against Texas is is just one of those um, in the age of uh, quick Twitter videos and gifs and um, memeable moments. Just one that uh, we we can watch this one over and over and and 
marvel at at his ability and have a good chuckle at the uh, Texas defenders attempting to stop Darius there. And I mean, obviously, anytime uh, you can put on that kind of a show um, against the Longhorns is is a big moment. And uh, I I think this is this is one that um, in that streak of uh, performances against Texas that that the Frogs had that this one stands out as uh, one of the one of the top athletic achievements um, just to the way he made everyone look silly on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Is it just a, yeah, just a great moment and a great game. One another win over Texas. Um, well, that, that takes us to, to our 12 seed here. Um, Kenny Hill, the much maligned uh, quarterback for TCU transfer out of Texas A&M had an up and down career with TCU, but was so, so good uh, in that season and, and leading the frogs to 11 wins and, and uh, number 15 ranking and, and back to the Alamo bowl where they face Stanford and um, a really, really good Stanford team that had Bryce love and JJ Arcega Whiteside, KJ Costello, um, and a really, really great defense, really disruptive defense. And uh, once again, there's something about San Antonio. The Frogs fell behind. They were down 21-3 to in the second quarter. Uh, and that's when Kenny Hill kind of got, got rolling. So first touchdown of the game for the Frogs was a, a six-yard TD run that, that Kenny kept it, uh, took it to the end zone. Then the the next score in the third quarter, he comes back. He throws a, a beautiful 27-yard pass to Des White. Des White had a huge, huge game that, that night, too. Uh, Bryce Love comes back. Scores from a, a really nice 69 yards out um, to put put Stanford back on top by 12, and that's kind of when TCU woke up. And uh, you get another Kenny Hill to Des White connection, and then a uh, one of my probably my favorite pass of Kenny Hill's career, the uh, 93 yarder to Jalen Rager. Just the the last the last time I think we've saw we've seen a perfect deep ball thrown by a TCU quarterback uh, was was that play and that night. Uh, one play, 11 seconds. All of a sudden, it's a two-point ball game. Uh, Des White comes back with the punt return, um, and uh, it ends up being just just a, a TCU win um, on a uh, Cole Bunce 33-yard field goal kind of down the stretch. And so um, uh, Kenny Hill manages to score, uh, receives a pass from, from Des. Sorry, I, I misspoke on that. Rece- scores on a run. Catches a 27-yard touchdown pass from Desmond White, the for- former uh, DeSoto quarterback, and then throws a 93-yard touchdown pass to uh, Jalen Rager. So scoring in three different ways um, in a single ball game and kind of uh, writing himself uh, in the history books for TCU. First time a player has done that in a Horn Frog uniform. Very fun game. Very fun game. Another one. Something magical about the Alamo Bowl. Um, all right, our six eleven seed are um, our, our two uh, uh, defensive scores: the James McFarland uh, Peach Bowl pick six and the Josh Carraway fumble return against Baylor in twenty fifteen um, in in that rain soaked ball game. Uh, Anthony, you want to go with the favorite of the underdog here? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna keep rolling with the underdogs here. So um, the eleven seed. Um, and actually, I'm not sure how much of an underdog this should be. This this uh, this is a, is a massive play in in the lore of uh, TCU Baylor um, matchups. So, yeah, I mean we've we've already talked about the the Ty Summers stop that ended this game um, in the in the freezing downpour um, in 2015. Uh, but this is the play that made the game. Um, this this one 
you know, TCU's neither offense really was doing anything in this game. Um, and TCU needed, needed something to happen. Um, and the, the Baylor quarterback, um, loses the ball, sacked, fumble, uh, Caraway picks it up, uh, has the presence of mind to, to scoop it up and, and sprint to, to the end zone. Um, Peisman candidate there, uh, running, running with the football into the end zone. And, and this, this, this was very close to not being a fumble. I think, uh, they, they sat and reviewed it for, for a period of time. And it was, uh, pretty nervous in the stadium of, uh, if, if they overturn this, I'm pretty sure we're not going to be scoring on this. Uh, even if, yeah. even if we get the ball, um, and, and, Thankfully, the the refs didn't call the play dead at at the moment of the hit or anything like that. That uh, the ball was allowed to to hit the ground and and Josh to pick it up and, and sprint away with it. Is um, it it made this game? It uh, it was a few of the the few points that um, TCU ended up scoring on the day. So a, a huge moment that that led to the bigger moment later. Uh, that the emotional release of of the stop to end the game. Uh, but but this one is what made it all happen. Yeah, and, and you talk about kind of the games that have multiple moments. Uh, the Peach Bowl, is a, we already talked about the double pass. Probably that there were so many good moments, and it was such a blowout. This game was over so early that it's really hard to pick kind of one moment where you were like, oh, yeah, this is it. Um, but that moment and then the one I'm about to talk about are, are probably the two easiest to point to. Um TCU obviously just dominated Ole Miss. There was so much talk about the SEC and how TCU couldn't play with the big boys. And that SEC, uh, that Ole Miss offense was absolutely loaded with NFL talent that year. And TCU came and just punched them in the mouth from the opening tip. Uh, it was over on the first play of the game. But it was over, over when um, uh, the Frogs managed to score a, a pick six as Bo Wallace, Dr. Bo, uh, got pressured in the end zone tried to throw the ball away and tried to kind of almost spike it down into the ground. And somehow big old James McFarlane managed to just save it just inches off of the turf and just kind of fell forward for a touchdown. Um, and that made it a, a 28, 28 into nothing ball game. And, and you knew there was absolutely no turning back. Uh, the defensive performance that day, the, the, the horn frog players going around doing the land shark mockingly, <laughs> uh, just everything about that game was, was an absolute blast. Even the pity field goal, it was almost funnier that they scored than if they hadn't. You know, it was it was a really perfect culmination, and it, it was very it was very fun to see TCU play so angry and play like they wanted to prove something. And man, like it's just we haven't really seen that in a while. And uh, uh, in a while, and I'm I'm hopeful that we'll get to see more of that uh, uh, in the near future. From an angry TCU defense is a fun TCU defense. Um, all right, so we are on now to, let me see here, uh, the 11-6. So we are on the 7-10. Um, I'm going to take take the favorite in this one. I'll let you talk about uh, the the wonderful Preston Morrison and one of his just outstanding performances. Um, this, this moment comes from this year. We don't have a lot of moments that have happened um, during this athletic season, but um, First Big 12 game of the season for TCU women's basketball all the way back in early January. Uh, the team had had a really, really solid performance in the preseason, just dropping one game to MTSU on the road. Uh, six seniors. They look like they have a chance to do something special in Big 12 play. 
um, and they managed to uh, to go down into Austin, a place where they have never ever won in their history, and uh, just just take uh, take the, the Longhorns for all that they have, and um, trailing by by one with just seconds to go. Um, uh, a ball, a shot gets missed at the elbow. Um, I think it was Lauren Hurd took the shot. Michelle Berry, a great senior forward, um, is in the right spot at the right time. Jumps up, releases the ball before she hits the ground, uh, puts it through the net, and gives TCU their first win in Austin um, in in history. Uh, first time they ever upset the Horns. They were ranked at the time. Um, they finished the season unranked. TCU finished the season uh, just outside the top 25, but uh, set them off for what we knew was going to be uh, a special Big 12 campaign, and the Frogs did actually finish uh, second in conference behind only Baylor, one of the favorites for the national championship, um, and uh, had a chance to make a great March Madness run before, uh, unfortunately, that that was cut short during due to uh, the coronavirus and the cancellation of NC. Double A spring sports. So, on that sad note, bring us back up uh, talking about Pimo and uh, his his complete game. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Preston Morrison, twenty fifteen season, um, which uh, of course was uh, we've got lots of moments from, and, and was a magical season for the Frogs uh, till till the very end. But um, got it started um, out in in Phoenix for a series with Arizona State and. Um, just, just one of those, uh, okay, this, this guy is pretty amazing. Um, I I guess we, we already knew that about Preston Morrison and, um, but, but this team was going to be something special. Um, he, he had several complete games, uh, throughout his career, several complete game shutouts throughout his career. Um, but this, this was a game against a, a top 10 ranked Arizona State team that, of course, is, is one of the um, storied programs in college baseball. And he did it on 88 pitches. Um, just just kind of an unprecedented performance. Um, really, really just a stellar uh, game for him personally. Um, and, and TCU uh, to go out there and, and take those games um, from... Uh, from the Sun Devils, it it really set the stage for all that was going to come for that season. Uh, so so a yeah. great personal achievement and um, and a, a great achievement for a great team um, for TCU baseball. And Pimo's just a good dude, so it's always fun to bring him back up. Remember him. Um, I'm going to continue baseball, and I'm going to let you finish with another season from this moment, so that are, we end uh, our, our are, regional are sure? break are the breakdown. Sure? Ah, so, I mean, so yeah. so uh, I, I have a I have a confession. Uh, I'm I'm embarrassed. So, the, uh, the the number eight play we're about to talk about the uh, on that guy Bane shot against Baylor. I was not in the building for this game. Um, I wasn't either. I'll confess as okay. well. So I, it's it's uh, not my fault though. It's 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 Levi Stevenson from Wide Right Natty Light was in town. It's his <laughs> fault that I didn't get to go to the game. Went to an XFL game instead. Oh no no that wasn't that. I had other friends in town that weekend. That's right. But yeah, no, I so, I was not at that game. I had TCU alumni friends, and they didn't want to go watch TCU Baylor play basketball. Yeah, terrible, terrible. People. Yeah. So I, my excuse was. Uh, I was I was shopping for a wedding that I was about to be attending. It's it's really Oof, it's really embarrassing. that's not a very I, yeah that's I, actually worse I'm, than I'm mine. I at to... least ran the Cowtown that morning. So <laughs> see, okay, like, see, that's, that's, that's a, a lot. That's uh, that's a much. I I'm just 
Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. But uh, I'm sorry yeah. to Desmond Bain. I'm sorry to Jamie Dixon and uh, for, for not putting enough of myself in, in the stadium mm. for this game. And uh, Really, you should just be sorry for yourself because I, you I, missed I am, it. I was... As it was happening, I was like, I, "Hey, maybe, maybe I should take credit." If I was there, it, it may have not turned out this way. So yeah, I'm, I'm, that's, that's what I talked myself into. Also, uh, so I'm gonna leave that one to you. I'll go ahead and step off on the Bane shot. All right. Well, then let's. Why don't you? Uh, since we're already kind of talked about it, I'll, I'll close it off. Um, you know, obviously that that was this past season, um, second to last weekend of Big Twelve play. Uh, TCU just mired in just a, just a funk over the course of the second half of, of conference play. They'd, they'd pull off a big win, and then they'd go and lose three, four games in a row. Um, really, really struggled on the road. Um, had, had just gotten just kind of played Baylor tight in Waco, but, um, you know, just ended up losing by, by, I think, like 18 points down there. Baylor was number two in the country. Um, TC was banged up, didn't have RJ Nemhard. I don't think in this game he wasn't back yet. Didn't have Francisco Farabello. I mean, just, uh, just, just a mess of a mash unit of a team. And one of those nights where, uh, you know, Desmond Bain, um, did what we all wanted to see him do every night. And that was just absolutely take over. Um, and he, he went off, uh, TCU got got good play out of um, out of Edric Dennis. Um, he got they got some some solid minutes from uh, some of their other guards. They they managed to pull it better, but at the end of the day, um, it was uh, and PJ Fuller. Fuller had a huge huge game. Jared Greer had a big game, but at the end of the day, it was it was Desmond Bain that that got it done. Um, TC scored 54 points in the second half. There were plenty of games where they didn't score 54 points in a game this season. Um, but, but just an 18, 18, one run down the end, five for eight from three for Desmond. Uh, just, just a huge, huge moment for the senior, um, clinching it with a, a step back three and, and just kind of turning around and yelling, I'm that guy and that guy drawing the attention of, uh, Draymond Green from, uh, Golden State getting getting shout outs all over Twitter and social media um, and just kind of a season that ended with a lot of disappointment but I think the thing we'll all think back is just that image of Desmond pounding his chest and saying I'm that guy and that guy after after knocking down the three-pointer to all but put away the Bears and and sent TCU home with um, biggest biggest win of the season and uh, one of one of the biggest games of Desmond Bain's career. Yeah, just just an instant classic moment uh, from from uh, an all time great Horn Frog, um, and so to talk about the nine seed here. Um, so talked about the twenty fifteen season and and how it started, and uh, this this game was how it could have ended. Um, it was looking looking very bad for for the Frogs um, at home in the regionals and against NC State. Um, down seven runs, uh, not, not good. Um, and <laughs> this is where Lupton magic really, really took over, um, for the frogs and just kind of a, a comedy of errors for, for NC state to, to even get in the position for, for this moment to happen. Um, just, uh, building of series of hits and balks and wild pitches and um, I think eventually 
I want to say it was the game-ending strikeout. What what would have been the game-ending strikeout, and the, the ball got away from the catcher and mm-hmm. uh, scored a run uh, to tie the game, send it into extra innings, and um, TCU pitching didn't give up anything in the in the top of the tenth, and um, got some runners on board, and and Elliot Barzilli uh, brings it in for the uh, for the walk off winner um, to go to the super regionals, um, and and just another outpouring of emotion and and uh, the the stadium eruption and kind of the uh, the feeling like this it had it had to happen this way after that kind of miracle comeback to come back of seven runs. Yeah, it was it was a crazy game, a crazy finish. Um, Evan Williams, kind of one of those guys that was always hurt um, throughout throughout his career at TCU. Uh, that was kind of his his big moment, scoring the winning run. And I just remember him throwing off his batting helmet and like his long blonde hair, just kind of you know like streaking in the wind as he like went running around the field, trying not to get tackled by his teammates. Um, I, I would watch that. I was home in California and I was trying to watch that game on a really bad ESPN three feed because the technology was terrible. Uh, back then and just being so frustrated my parents go why are you still watching this game you know like the thing is over it's the eighth inning and they're down seven runs and then all of a sudden out of nowhere with just six outs to play in the ball game uh, the frogs managed to get a little bit of help by a nc state team that completely fell apart but also like you said man left in magic was very very real that day and and we've seen it many times since well, Anthony, that, that concludes our uh, Peebly region breakdown, uh, which concludes our bracket breakdown. Uh, it's been a lot of fun going over these and, and walking down memory lane with you over the last couple of nights. Um, remember that you can vote on Frogs of War. You can vote at Frogs of War Twitter. Um, there's there's a lot of places to have your voice heard. Please talk to us, comment, uh, you know, reply to our tweets. Uh, blame Jamie for any seating that you think is inappropriate. Um, it's 100% his fault. We're just the messengers, folks. So, you know, de- definitely get after him for a bad job that he did if you think he did a bad job. Uh, we always enjoy that. But um, I think that, uh, that that this that it'll be interesting. Do you, do you think that anyone's got a shot at upsetting uh, TCU being welcome to the Big 12 in this region? Um, not really. I don't. I don't think there's there's much. I think there will be a lot of interesting close uh, matchups along the way, getting us to that point. But um, ultimately, I think joining the Big Twelve is is going to uh, make its way to the to the Final Four out of this region. Yeah, I, th- I think there, there's a good storybook ending aspect with Bram Kohlhausen, but yeah, it's really hard to top TCU joining the Big 12 as a moment for TCU athletics, period. Um, but yeah, but we'll uh, we'll see how things shake out here as, as we get down to the to the final four, and uh, maybe maybe we'll have a chance to, to get back with you all next week and, and talk talk about the who got snubbed or any big upsets or anything like that. So uh, please remember to, to like, subscribe, uh, listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, it's been a lot of fun being back on the air with y'all and hope that you're enjoying it. And um, we will uh, we'll be back with, with new content as content arrives in the limited capacity that we have it. So have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Go Frogs. Go Frogs.